Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's football tonight. This is Ganty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and on ESPN+. Plus. Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas filling in for the guys today. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can follow us on Twitter at Amber W Sports at H Douglas 83 or hit us up. Give us a call. Triple eight. Say ESPN. The New York Giants take on the New England Patriots tonight. Preseason game one seven p.m. Eastern kickoff. So let's bring in some help to talk all things NFL. And of course, we bring in host of the show, Chris Canty. Canty, thanks for stopping by, giving us some of your time. We appreciate you. You've been on first take this week, right? Yeah, I've been holding it down on first take and moonlighting a little bit with Carlin doing uh, Greenie's show. So it's been fun. They got me all over the place, but I ain't going to complain. And I appreciate you all filling in for us on our show, doing yeoman's work. Harry's running down his schedule for the month of August. And I'm just like, dude, this guy has <laughs> so many jobs. I don't know how you keep it all straight in your head, Harry. Appreciate it, boss man. I think we do all. I think we all uh, have an August that looks something like that because you guys can all catch both Harry Douglas and Chris Canty on first take tomorrow, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern on ESPN. All right, so I want to kick off things by talking to you about your former team. Obviously, taking on the New England Patriots tonight is your New York Giants. What are you looking to see? We're actually apparently going to see some starters for the Giants. We're not going to see them for the Patriots because, you know, Bill Belichick thinks he's smarter than everybody. But for the Giants, we'll see some starters. What are you expecting from them? Well, I'm expecting for them to play sound football, right? And I, I know it's it's sloppy early on in the preseason. You know, guys are just starting to get in the groove of everything. But really what you want to see from the Giants is them being fundamentally sound because that's been something that's eluded them for the last four or five seasons. You're talking about the Giants having double-digit loss seasons seven out of the last eight years. Something about that has to change. And in order for things to get turned around, you have to be a fundamentally sound football team. So – on a very basic level, that's what I want. But when you start to peel back some of the layers and, and take a micro view of things, I want to see Daniel Jones have command of Brian Dable's offense. Operate the offense. Don't let it be too big for you. Get guys in and out of the huddle. Show that you have the command at the line of scrimmage. Those are the things that I'm looking at for him. Um, and then overall, I just want the Giants to have some kind of identity. I mean, you see what they've invested on the offensive and the defensive lines over the past couple of years. It's clear that this organization wants that to be the identity. I'm hoping that they can show progress in that regard, starting with the first preseason game tonight. And, Chris, I'm glad you brought up Daniel Jones. When you look at him and going into the 2022-23 season, uh, what are the chances that Daniel Jones actually has a good season this year? Well, I think he's got an opportunity. The offensive line is probably as good as it's been since he's been there. Uh, he's got some weapons to work with in Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay, and Wandale Robinson, who everybody is raving about at training camp. Of course, the, the ultimate satellite running back in Saquon Barkley, but also the addition of Matt Breida in that backfield. That should help. Um, so I, I'm looking for Daniel Jones to, to, to take a step, you know, and if he doesn't, then the Giants are going to be faced with the, the – 
a tough choice of moving on from him and, and going away at the draft in, in 2023. Remember, this is an organization that did not pick up his fifth-year option. This is a regime with Joe Shane and Brian Dable that did not draft him. So there are no allegiances. This is a true prove-it year for Daniel Jones, and he's going to have to show us something that we haven't seen in the first three years in order for this organization and this regime to be sold that he's their franchise guy moving forward. Chris Canty joining us here on Canty and Carlin. Uh, Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas filling in for the guys. So, Canty, it's a prove-it year for Daniel Jones. It's also a prove-it year, frankly, for Saquon Barkley. But I want to talk about the team that they're both facing in the New England Patriots tonight. We know we're not going to get Pat's starters tonight, but the reports out of training camp is that that offense has looked disjointed and disoriented. Do you make much of the reports that have been coming out of camp? Guys, we talking about practice. Not a game. (laughs) Not a game. We talking about practice. And here's the one thing that nobody will tell you, Amber, but HD knows this. Coaches set up practice to be harder than the games for players. So it's not a surprise for me that Bill Belichick is scripting the practice and giving Mac Jones and Matt Patricia the most difficult looks from the opposing defense with the play call that they have in the huddle and seeing if they can figure their way out of this thing. Because at some point throughout the course of the year, you're going to have to have your offensive coordinator and your quarterback work together in tandem and be able to figure out things when the situation is less than ideal. So it's not surprising to hear that the offense is struggling a little bit early on in camp. I mean, at this stage of the calendar, at this point in the calendar, the defense is ahead of the offense anyway. So I'm not surprised by it. I know Mac Jones is a workaholic. BB praised his offseason. He doesn't throw that praise around lightly for any player. So the fact that he went out of his way to talk about how much work Mac Jones put in, I I think that speaks volumes about the sports character of Mac Jones. And I think it's it's a prelude to Mac Jones having a a big second season. Chris, now you said, I'm going to take, I'm going to keep it in the AFC East. You said on first take that Tua ain't that dude. The evidence is there. Is it fair to evaluate Mm-mm-mm. Tua this early in his career? Be yeah, careful. why ain't it? Why ain't it? <laughs> why, why, why isn't it fair? I mean, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just asking because at some point you're going to have to answer the question of whether or not you're the guy. And if you keep having to ask the question, Harry, then you ain't the guy. Yeah, the story. answer is eventually going to be no. And right now just looking at the AFC, Tua is ranked – I got him ranked the 10th quarterback at best. I mean, when you just run down the list of quarterbacks in the AFC – I mean, you've got Josh Allen, you've got Joe Burrow, you've got Deshaun Watson, you've got Lamar Jackson, you've got Matt Ryan, you've got all of those quarterbacks in the AFC West. I, I don't even think I'm being, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm being subjective. I don't think this is just, I, I don't think this is hyperbolic. I just think this is a fact of the matter. Pro, Tua has a ton to prove. Now, I get it. The first couple of years in Miami, it's been really tough. You had a situation going on with Brian Flores and Stephen Ross where there was friction there. It hasn't necessarily been the, the, the best supporting cast. The offensive line hasn't been great. But all of those things, Harry, to me, sound like excuses because I just watched Joe Burrow with a terrible offensive line take his team to the Super Bowl. So it can be done. My whole point with two is he's got to show us something that we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. But based on what we've got right now, the data points, the information, he's not the guy that it doesn't scream franchise guy. I mean, since he's coming to the league, he's got the 24th-ranked QBR, which is just behind Daniel Jones. Think about that. that that's, that's where he's at in terms of the level of quarterback play. So you couple that with the fact that the guy just can't stay healthy. There are injury concerns in college. There are injury concerns now. I, I just don't know if this is what you can build your foot, 
this is a quarterback that you want to build your football team around. Chris, I thought we were friends. We just hit each other with the follow <laughs> on the IG, and now you go in on my boy Tua Tagovailoa. I mean, are you out on Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields? Like they're not in positions to succeed right now either. It's hard to evaluate these quarterbacks until they're in positions to succeed. Tua is in finally that position this year, unless of course they do something crazy like trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, all right. So Amber, what you're saying is, if Tua doesn't definitively prove that he's the guy this year. No matter what happens, I don't want to hear about injuries. I don't want to, if he doesn't definitively prove that he's the guy this year, then you're 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 in agreement that the Dolphins are going to be in the quarterback market in 2023, right? Yes, because the Dolphins cannot go through the Ryan Tannehill experience again where we're asking for seven years whether this guy is good enough. So okay. I, they're not going to put themselves in that situation right. again. But I do think that this year, like I, I don't know why we'd be out on two already. Like that's, I guess that's my only point. I, I still feel like he gets this year. For me, the jury's still out until well, I see jur- the- this year with better protection and better weapons. Amber, you're not wrong. I, I understand it. And I'm, I'm all for the Dolphins giving to a, a, this, this third season to prove that he's the guy. And I hope the kid proves me wrong. I really do. I want to, that, to be wildly successful. But when I watch him play, I, I don't see the potential for him to be a top 10 to 12 quarterback in the National Football League. I, I, I don't know if he's a top 10 quarterback in his conference. And that's a scary place to be if you're the Dolphins. Think about it. I'm sitting here looking at the AFC East guys. I can't say that two is better than Mac Jones right now today. I can't. Players made the Pro Bowl and been to the playoffs, and the other one hasn't. So I just all I'm all I'm simply saying is I want to see him prove it on the field. The organization has done a good job from a personnel standpoint of eliminating any excuses that he might have as to why he can't produce. Now he's just got to go out there and do it. If I'm being objective, I don't even know if he's better than Zach Wilson in that division right now, but we're going to find How out. How scary is that, Amber? Out. You're a Dolphins fan. He might be better than Amber, all of them, Amber, can't he? Amber, he might. You're a do- no, no, he might He be. has a better he team might. around him, though. Might, might, <laughs> hey, Amber, might, might means potential. As Bill Parcells used to say, potential just means you haven't done it yet. All I'm saying is if you're a Dolphins fan with a top five quarterback that you drafted three years ago, the guy that you took instead of Justin Herbert, the fact that you can't definitively say he's better than Mac Jones or Zach Wilson is a problem. I saw Mike McDaniel go to conference championships and Super Bowls with Jimmy Garoppolo. I only need him to be Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't need him to be Tom Brady. Chris Canty, <laughs> host of the show, Canty and Carlin. Canty, thanks for stopping by. All right. Thank you all. Appreciate you holding it down. Canteen Carlin's presented by Progressive Insurance. Get renter's insurance to protect the things that make your place a home, including coverage for theft or damage. Visit Progressive.com. Coming up next, speaking of Daniel Jones, he's on the short list for odds of the comeback player of the year. But who's going to win it? We'll tell you. This is Canteen Carlin. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, 
power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas filling in for the guys on Canty and Carlin. You can give us a call, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. So Caesars released the odds, Harry, for comeback player of the year in the NFL. So I want to get into some of these with you and get who you think is going to win this thing. Derrick Henry is the favorite. Jameis Winston right after him. Christian McCaffrey. Daniel Jones at plus 900 and Baker Mayfield are tied at plus 900. Deshaun Watson is at Mm -hmm. plus 1000. Michael Thomas at plus 1200 and Trubisky is tied with Michael Thomas at plus 1200. Uh, So you'd get paid if you hit on those bets. Who's your comeback player of the year? This is going to be easy for me and not because I'm a homer and this is my little brother, but I'm going to go with Derrick Henry, and here's why. Uh, you look at last year before he got hurt, had over 900 yards and I believe 10 touchdowns. Um, still had a ton of season left ahead of him. It would have easily, I thought in my eyes, equipped 2,000 yards. Now, the year before last, he actually went over 2,000 yards. And the year before that, when he took the Tennessee Titans to the AFC Championship game, and when I say took that Tennessee Titans to the AFC Championship game, literally – put them on their back, having over 180 yards, I believe it was against the New England Patriots and the Bill Belichick defense, uh, running all over the Baltimore Ravens before finally losing in the game against the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes uh, in the AFC Championship game. So I've seen a guy like Derrick Henry not only put the team on his back in the regular season, but I've seen it done in the playoffs when everybody in the stadium, everybody on the opposing team sideline, everybody's mama, their grandma, their sister, their cousins, their auntie, everybody know you're getting the football, but it didn't matter because Derrick Henry is that dude. Now, I got him as my number one. My number two for me is actually the way it's listed, Jameis Winston. I think Jameis Winston is a guy that can potentially throw for over 4,000 yards this year. And I say that because – How many interceptions, though? Yeah, but see, that's the thing. That's the thing I got to get people to understand. Everyone loves to talk about Jameis Winston's 30 interceptions. Like you can just ignore the 5,000 yards that he threw for and the 30 touchdowns he threw for as well. You can't talk about the 30 interceptions but not talk about the 5,000 yards that he threw for and the 30 touchdowns. They all go hand-in-hand together. And when I look at their receiver core and the additions of – uh, Chris Olave, they drafted, bringing in a Jarvis Landry, getting Michael Thomas back, having a Marquez Callaway who's going to be their fourth receiver who can play, Adam Trotman at the tight end position, 
Um, we don't know how many games. The Saints. I mean, is this like is Atlanta about to rise up and well, and go after you here? Well, what, what, what people got to understand that ESPN pays my bills. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> ESPN pays my bills, and for me to be straight and narrow. Now, everyone know I'm from Atlanta. I play for the Falcons. I'm a I'm everything Atlanta. So for me to come up here and even mention the Saints, you know it got to be something, but I got to be a fair analyst. I can't just say, y'all, oh, the Saints going to be terrible. No, I got to call a spade a well, spade. I appreciate, I appreciate the professionalism. You're wrong, but I appreciate the professionalism. You're not the only one who has this take, though. Joe Fortenbaugh has them as a sleeper for the Super Bowl. So does Bart Scott. I don't understand why everyone is so high on the Saints. Keyshawn and I were arguing on first take about Keyshawn's nephew, Michael Thomas. My problem with the Saints is that everybody just expects they're not going to miss a beat when we're talking about a post-Sean Payton era. We're talking about a future Hall of Fame coach, and we just think Dennis Allen is going to be the same when he slides in there. I know Dennis Allen's been his longtime D.C. I get it. But the last time we saw Dennis Allen as a head coach, it was ugly. And just because you're a coordinator doesn't mean that you're going to be a good head coach. Just ask Matt Patricia and Joe Judge in New England. And so... That's what we're faced with now is a new era in New Orleans. And that new era also includes Jameis Winston trying to come back from only playing six games last season. He went down in the seventh game last season. I know it looked much better in through those six games than it did in Tampa, but it was only a six-game sample size. So I'm surprised that Jameis Winston here is the favorite right behind Derrick Henry in terms of the comeback player of the year. Now, all of that being said, and I'm one who's been real skeptical and was arguing with Keyshawn Johnson on for take about his nephew Michael Thomas because I'm like no he's not going to be the same guy we haven't seen him be that guy since 2019 and also one of the problems with Thomas that he set the bar so high we're talking about one of the best NFL seasons we've ever seen at that position and he won offensive player of the year and we haven't seen him be that in literally years plural because of the injuries he injured himself first game of 2020 was in and out of the lineup in 2020 gets that season uh, ending surgery then finally the offseason it cost him the entire 2021 season from that ankle injury and so now it's been years since we've seen Michael Thomas be Michael Thomas all of that being said I was still surprised he was on the bottom of this in terms of odds right I mean just by the very nature of that position versus some of these running backs like the Christian McCaffrey's and even the Derrick Henry's of the world I'm I have a hard time also being totally by being out on Derrick Henry but him as a favorite at 28 years old when he played uh, nine games last season, including the divisional ro- loss to Cincy. We know that those health issues have started to pile up at that position. Normally, that's a tall tale sign that it's about to be over for you. So I'm surprised McCaffrey and Henry are so high in terms of the odds. And, I, and I'll say about Derek, and, and it's because I know a lot more personal uh, things when it comes to him. The way he trains and works out, though, uh, you got to remember, he had 900 yards, over 900 yards when he left out. He led the lead still for a long time after not even playing. But that offense is centered around him. And I think the departure of a A.J. Brown, um, you have Robert Woods coming off an ACL injury, trying to get back in the groove of things. And then you have Traylon Burks, who is a rookie. So I think they are actually are going to lean on Derrick Henry a lot more. And I think it's, it's more so feasible than a lot of people may think. But I think for Christian McCaffrey, I would kind of like put him towards the bottom because if Baker Mayfield has a good season, more people are going to be focused on Baker Mayfield than they are Chris McCaffrey. And the reason why I would even bring Michael Thomas uh, down, uh, probably out of it, is because if Jameis Winston has a good season, you can go ahead and counsel Michael Thomas out. That's just the way of the world when you come, when it, from the quarterback position. 
right? You're not going to look at, okay, Christian McCaffrey or Michael Thomas. if They're not the, going to win it over the quarterback because of the exactly. attention that the quarterback gets, even exactly. if they deserve it. Yep. So you're right. Having their quarterback on this list harms them as potential <laughs> candidates for comeback 100%. player of the year just because of the focus that the quarterback ends up getting when it comes to these awards. Coming up next, Lamar Jackson appears to be ready to play this season without a new deal. But is that the right decision? We will get into that. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. The situation could be Dak Prescott on steroids. Remember we talked about Dak's contract for like two years? Well, this could drag out. I, I don't think it's a slam dunk that they're going to get something done. I don't see why he would take less. As long as he's willing to push this thing out, there's no reason why you should give them any sort of discount. He's a baller. He wants to go out there and play regardless. Um, but, you know, th- this could get tricky over the next few months. Of course, that was in reference to Lamar Jackson's contract. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas filling in for the guys. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. The Tennessee Titans take on the Baltimore Ravens tonight. That is a 7.30 p.m. Eastern kickoff. And with the Baltimore Ravens, we talked about them a little bit earlier in the show. If you missed any of the show, you can always check out the Canty and Carlin podcast on the ESPN app. And Harry, I kept it to actually on the field for the Baltimore Ravens in that discussion earlier. But I mentioned we would get to Lamar's contract situation because, of course, that always dominates the headlines when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens. Should he... And I'm not talking about tonight in preseason. I'm talking about regular season. Should Lamar Jackson take a single snap without an extension? Woosa, Harry. Woosa, Harry. Woosa. This is a very touchy uh, subject for me because I went to the University of Louisville and Lamar Jackson as well attended Louisville, right? Got his jersey retired. The only only two people in Louisville history has had that done, Johnny Unitas and Lamar Jackson. Um, Me personally, Amber, I do not believe he should go out there and and take a snap um, and tackle football without having a deal. I just don't. Uh, But I will say this. I cannot never disrespect uh, a human being who bets on himself because when you look at a guy like Lamar Jackson, he's been the underdog his entire life, and he's gotten to this point. Now, the flip side of that is this, is the Baltimore Ravens probably want to get this deal done as fast as possible because yesterday's price is not today's per price per price. It is not today's price. And every day that you wait, and every week, every month that you wait, the number's going to go up. And Lord and behold, if Lamar Jackson go out there and do what Joe Flacco did 
and bet on himself and win a Super Bowl or even reach a Super Bowl or AFC championship game. I think he's going to be able to ask for even that much more money on top of what he wants right now. So would I do it personally? No, but I can't sit up here and, and, and disrespect the, the decision that Lamar Jackson is making uh, because he has been the underdog his entire life. But me personally, I would not be going out there on that football field until I have a deal in stone. I would not either. Uh, I mean, the lawyer in me tells him, do not get out there <laughs> unless they have it in writing and you have signed the contract. So Lamar Jackson, that would be my advice to you. But he's not taking advice from people like me because he's representing himself, which certainly I think makes this situation different than typical situations we see with players of this caliber. There are other guys in the NFL who represent themselves in their deals, but not normally at that position and not normally this caliber of a player in the NFL with deals that can be as complicated as this one. But if he's willing to go out there and play, then you're probably right. Barring injury, the price tag probably continues to go up unless, of course, he goes out there and he doesn't look good. Nobody has kind of discussed that portion of things, right, where everyone's just saying, hey, Lamar could go out there and then he could end up in a Super Bowl or in a conference championship game and he could get paid even more than he's already about to get paid. Except for there is a flip side here, Harry. I mean, even a flip side without injury. I mean, obviously, concern number one, and the reason you and I are saying do not walk on that football field without a deal, is catastrophic injury. But the other side of that coin is also just, you know, you don't look like everybody expects you to look. The questions about Lamar's arm have followed him his entire career, largely unfairly. Since college, since high school, some people say, with Lamar Jackson, right? But there Mm -hmm. are some realities in terms of how many interceptions he threw. I think it was – I don't have it in front of me. I think he threw 12 interceptions in 13 games last season when he was actually healthy, even though he missed significant time last season and the wheels fell off for the Baltimore Ravens without Lamar at the helm. So it's not like he has played perfect football, and it's not like he's protected the football. And so maybe he goes out – and it looks ugly, and he throws a bunch of interceptions, and there's still questions there, uh, again, albeit perhaps unfairly, about the arm, and the Baltimore Ravens use that against him. Yeah, and I'll say this. The interceptions, so he had 16 touchdowns last year, 13 interceptions. And the reason why I'm not going to put a large amount of weight on the interceptions last year is because they were so decimated as a team and you may have found Lamar Jackson at times, you know what, I got to do, let Boggins be Boggins, I got to do everything in my power to try to get us a win. Uh, Lord and behold, if I risk the football, I risk the football, but I got to take these chances because we are so depleted uh, uh, throughout, not just offensively, but defensively throughout the entire roster. Now, if you come into 2022-2023 season, when everyone is back and your team is not depleted and you throw those 13 interceptions, you're right. They, 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 people will look upon it as, as being different from the 13 interceptions that he had last year. So I agree That's with fair. You and it, it, 13, it was 13 interceptions in 12 games, so it was even uglier of a stat yep. than I remembered it being, given Matthew Stafford threw 17 interceptions last season and he won a Super Bowl. So I guess maybe if that counts for anything, Lamar could do the same thing. I think Lamar Jackson gets paid either way. The Ravens have to pay Lamar Jackson at this they point. Do. I don't think he gets the guaranteed money that Deshaun Watson did. I think that's an outlier, the Deshaun Watson contract, in terms of the guaranteed, in terms of a fully guaranteed 230 
$30 million contract. It might look like that number-wise. I don't think it looks like that guarantee-wise. And the Baltimore Ravens owner had made it pretty clear that yep. just because Deshaun got that doesn't mean that they're willing to do that. I do think the Deshaun Watson contract is an outlier because the Browns were in such an unusual situation, trying to talk a player into going there who very clearly didn't want to go there, seemingly probably wanted to go home to Atlanta and ends up in Cleveland because he had 230 guaranteed reasons to go there and was in the diff- the situation that he was in, w- legally facing everything, and you couldn't turn down that kind of guaranteed money, not to minimize anything that's happened with Deshaun Watson, but that it was an unusual situation that the Browns were in when they handed him that contract. People say, walk into the Ravens front office, point to the, the Deshaun Watson contract, say, you know, I've never had 25 pending civil actions at any point against me alleging mm. sexual misconduct or assault. So go ahead and make it bigger than 230 mil guaranteed. I just don't think they're going to do that. I think that they're going to have to settle somewhere below that. But maybe that's what's been hampering these conversations. Yeah. And if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm not taking anything less because the quarterback market has been set and, and, and Deshaun Watson reset that market. Right. And you look at a Lamar Jackson, who's won an MVP, who's put an entire team on his back. Um, you, we haven't seen too many things like him. The only thing that we've seen like him has been Michael Vick, and I actually think he's better than Michael Vick. So uh, I would say that. So, and, and then you look at the Baltimore Ravens without Lamar Jackson. The proof is in the pudding there. So if I'm him and his side of the camp, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not signing anything unless I, I actually have that or more. The salary cap keeps going up as well. So that's been helping Lamar Jackson out. And then, like you said, all these quarterbacks getting paid has certainly been helping Lamar Jackson out. If he had an agent, he probably would have had a deal a year ago, and it might not have been a smart time to sign a deal because of all the quarterback deals that have happened since then. Coming up next, one of the NFL's best wide receivers gave his top five at his position. So our very own resident wide receiver here on Canty and Carlin is going to give us his. Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas filling in for the guys. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wilson and Harry Douglas filling in for the guys on Canty and Carlin. Harry, Cardinals prospect Chandler Redman hit for home run cycle during a four-homer, 11-ribby night. It has never been done in Major League Baseball history. It had only been done one other time in minor league history. Redman went five for six with 11 RBI in the 24-win 21-4 win over the Amarillo Sod Poodles, which is the Diamondbacks minors team. He started his night with a first-inning single and a third-inning strikeout. Redmond then hit a two-run homer in the fifth, a grand slam in the sixth, a solar home, solo homer in the seventh, and a three-run homer in the eighth. Four homers 
in four consecutive innings, each off of a different pitcher. I mentioned there's never been a home run cycle in the majors. It's been done once before in the minors. That was by Tyrone Horney, uh, who coincidentally enough was another Cardinals minor leaguer. So now both of these (laughs) feats have been accomplished for the Cardinals. That was back in 1998 though. So it has been a long time since this has been done, even in the minors. I mean, it, it comes to mind. I know it's, we're talking about minor leagues, but I mean, Mm -hmm. it's such a remarkable accomplishment. I think it connotes like some of the biggest feats in a single moment in sports history. Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game is the one that always comes to mind. Most people consider Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game as the greatest achievement in sports history. I got to commend the young man, and I hope his teammates, they got him all kind of booze, a.k.a. beer. They got him shots, and they celebrated. Because I don't think people understand how difficult it is to hit four home runs in one game, better yet four home runs in four consecutive plate appearances, uh, all off different pitchers, but for the opposing team, at what point are you going to decide that, you know what, we're going to walk this guy and not let him hit another home run? Right. Uh, should should well, that's that manager why it doesn't, still I think that's why it doesn't job? happen in – that's why it doesn't happen in the majors, right? Like you exactly. Like the pitchers are like, okay, nah, nah, boss, not off me. Like this home run cycle ain't happening. Whatever happened to him going up like that that fourth time, and you just, you know what? I'm gonna ding him in the shoulder. I'm just gonna mm-hmm. walk. I'm just gonna intentionally walk him. Four home runs. That is crazy. But uh, a solo home run, a two run home run, a three run home run, and a grand slam, right? I mean, twenty one. It was a twenty one oh, point win. Goodness. They won twenty one to four over the team they were playing because of all of these homers that that he hit, uh, that Chandler Redman hit. I mean, it's a phenomenal accomplishment. Well, Chamberlain's 100-point game, Peyton Manning's seven touchdowns in one game, Roger Bannister's four-minute mile, Secretariat who won the Beltmont Stakes by 31 lengths. These are all some of the biggest accomplishments in sport history. Well, now Chandler Redman makes the list. We've got a wide receiver in the house, so let's talk wide receivers. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin's presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas hanging out. He's the wide receiver, in case you were confused. HDouglas83 is his Twitter handle. Amber W Sports is mine. So, Harry, Jamar Chase from, of course, the Cincinnati Bengals. He was asked on the I Am Athlete podcast his top five wide receivers in the NFL. Now, a lot of people would have Jamar Chase on their list of top five wide receivers. We learned through this that Jamar Chase is a humble man. He does not Mm -hmm. have himself on his own list of top five wide receivers. I like that move, even if he secretly thinks it. He's placating to us. He looks like the good guy here. He can let all the rest of us have him on our top five wide receivers if we so wish. But he did give us five names here. And frankly, it surprised me, his list, even without his name on it. Here is Jamar Chase's list of top five. Number one, he has Devontae Adams. That's not that crazy. Number two, Keenan Allen. Already I'm surprised. Number three, Stefan Diggs. I remain surprised. Number four, Cooper Cup. I mean, that should be a lot higher to me. So I'm surprised Cooper Cup's all the way. I mean, all the way might be overstating it, but I'm surprised he's at four. And number five, Justin Jefferson. I don't actually have a huge problem with that. So let's get, actually, let's first, before we get to your list, Harry, I want to get your reaction to this list. Um, Keenan Allen at two. I think that's a big bit of a reach for me, but uh, I'm I'm trying to go through the mindset of Jamar Chase and what he's valuing. And when it comes to Keenan Allen, it might it has to be the route running and the ability to be able to get open at will. 
uh, from that standpoint, being a, an, an artist, uh, the first two guys, well, I'll say the first three, well, you can honestly say every guy on his list are route technicians. So he loves routes. He yeah, loves, he loves, he route loves running. precision which is, which, and route running. Which plays a huge part in getting open to the National Football League. But every guy that he has listed right here, if you're saying, you know what, you're one-on-one. I need you to go win regardless of who's across from you. I have faith in every last one of these guys to do that, to be honest. Oh, uh, I mean, From their route not- running ability. Yeah, I mean, none of these guys are bad, right? On no. this, I mean, what are we talking about? I mean, obviously, Jamar Chase knows football. None of these guys are bad. I'm just surprised that they list, would though. be rated as highly. We're going to get to your list in just a second. Not Don't you list. worry. But I have seen, I mean, Keenan Allen is one of those players because I was very surprised that he'd have him at two. It makes sense what you're saying about the route running. I've seen it from other young players around the league talking about how they steal Keenan Allen's moves. So apparently, I have DeAndre Carter, who just joined the Chargers, he's one of those young players who says he steals the moves of Keenan Allen. Apparently a very respected player when it comes to these young guys just in the league or who, you know, are just coming up in the league. Jamar Chase has certainly already made his mark on the league. Is he on your list, Harry Douglas? Give us Harry Douglas's top five wide receivers. Ooh, here we go. Number one, I got to go with Devontae Adams. I think he is the best route runner in the league right now. Him and Keaton Allen are neck and neck along with Stephon Diggs. So I, I will go with Devontae Adams as my number one. You look at the last four years, I don't think a wide receiver has uh, more receptions, more receiving yards, or touchdowns. And he's just been that damn good, whether he's uh, – Someone's playing man against him. If he's being double team or triple team, he finds a way to get open. Now, typically I would make fun of you for starting with number one, but I feel like I set you up with that because I also started with Jamar Chase's number one, and I went from one to five. I probably should have set you up differently so that you went from five to one, so there's a little more suspense to this. Mm -hmm. But now I know that you and Jamar agree on the number one, Devontae (laughs) Adams. Probably most people would agree. We'll see what it looks like with a different quarterback throwing him the football. Go ahead. You can do your list now to two to five. Number two, I have Cooper Cup. Now, when I look at Cooper Cup last year, he won the Triple Crown, uh, receptions, yards, and touchdowns. But the ability to, to, to get open when everyone knows that the football is coming to you and you consistently, notice I said consistently, get open and not only consistently get open, but you make those plays. You look at the game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the playoffs, cover zero. Who did Matthew Stafford go to? Cooper Cup. Um, you, you look at the game in the Super Bowl when they needed to come back and win. Who was the guy that Matthew Stafford goes to? Cooper Cup. And everybody knew Cooper Cup was going to get the football. He just finds a way to get it done. So I'm going to go with Cooper Cup at number two. Now, at number three, I have Jamar Chase. And I understand that he's only been doing it for one year. But I know what my damn eyes are telling me. My eyes are telling me that the young man is very good at football. And not only is he good at football, see, I covered college football, and I covered Jamar Chase while he was at LSU as well. His body control, the way he can get off press. But if he does get jammed up, uh, the physicalness doesn't bother him. He still goes within his route, his explosiveness. Uh, he can take the top off a of defense. And you see the trust that Joe Burrow has in him, not only at the national football level, but also in college. So that is my number three. Number two, I mean, number four, excuse me, Tyreek Hill. And I'm pretty sure if you ask every DB in the National Football League, who is one wide receiver you are scared of? Every last one of them may mention Tyreek Hill because of his speed, the way he can cut on the dime, but he can literally take every play for a touchdown. Now, my number five, A, 
No. Yes, Amber no. Wilson. No. That's not how top five lists yeah, work, but, but Harry see, Douglas. Five see, lists means that there's five people that you choose on the list, not six. You know what I was told growing up? Why do you like to break the rules so much? And I'm like, dang, why does my daughter like to break the rules so much? Probably because her daddy is like that. So I'm making my own rules. So at 5A, I'm going to go with Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs, we know what he can do. You talk about route running. You talk about being a safety net for Josh Allen. When he arrived in Buffalo, that assured Josh Allen that he had a premier number one target. And we all seen what that offense has been able to do with Stefan Diggs and, and his arrival. Now my 5B. I have Justin Jefferson. And I'll tell you, the reason why I have Justin Jefferson so low is because when you look at all the other guys, and I'm going to go back through them, you look at Devontae Adams, he's been to an NFC Championship game. You look at Cooper Cup, he's played in the Super Bowl. Jamar Chase, in his first year, got help get, uh, along with Joe Burrow, the Cincinnati Bengals to a Super Bowl. Tyreek Hill, he's won a Super Bowl. Stephon Diggs, he's been to an AFC Championship game. Justin Jefferson hadn't, hasn't been to the playoffs yet. So that's why I have him as my 5B. And some people may ask, well, why don't you have DeAndre Hopkins on there? Well, normally DeAndre Hopkins would be on my list. But I'm also factoring in, into the equation injuries from last year and the suspension of the six games going into this year. So that's why DeAndre Hopkins is not on my list. You also don't have Mike Evans on your list. You don't have yeah. Debo. My, you don't have Mike Evans but, in my top ten. He's in your top 10, but he's not in your top five. You don't have DK. No. You don't have Chris Godwin. I mean, there's no. obviously a lot of receivers that you don't have in your top five that, that or your top six, because this ain't a top five. No, Harry no, Douglas no, no. just gave us a it's top five six. 5A and 5B. There's no such five thing, a and 5B. man. That, that's, that's five and six. Is The 5B is six. I mean, you're can I, already, can I ask you, can I ask you you're one question? already ranking Stefan ahead really of quick. Justin Jefferson. Really I got to ask you a question really quick. Mm-hmm. When, when you used to take tests in high school, they, didn't, they never had five A's and five B's or one A and one B questions? Did they ever have But those? I would have failed the I test mean, in high school if they had told me <laughs> to give them five answers. And in fact, I gave them six because that would have proved that I don't know how to count, which I don't always know how to count, which is why I'm sitting here talking behind a microphone. But on tests, I would have needed to prove, at least give the appearance that I could have done some simple math.